Discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am deluded. I'm also Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy. I'm Lucille Tiamore. And I'm Calvin. Calling in pretty soon is going to be Joanna Haberman. I say I'm deluded because last night when I was on the phone with Lucille, uh, I don't know how to explain this. But it was uh, it was Darla said Francis is deluded. <laughs> yeah, and then I had so much fun with that. <laughs> yeah, he's totally deluded. Now, Darla is like another personality that lives in me that is very different from me. I was she telling wants- Darla not to tell to tell you that I had said that you were deluded. I was like, Darla, don't tell Francis. Yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> Sometimes I remember this stuff, sometimes I don't. This time I did. A piece of me was talking shit about me <laughs> and was right. I can't even remember why she called you deluded. But. About, well, because I always, I don't have plans. I have fucking harebrained schemes. <laughs> My fucking life, you know? One week I'm going to be doing fucking circus performer shit. Oh, yeah, I was the circus performer. I said he's not strong enough to be a circus performer in his old body. I said, I was like, he thinks he's strong, but (laughs) you are strong. You're very strong. I just, I was being mean. Darla started it. Darla started it. (laughs) Yeah, Darla and I want to get our nails done. That sounds lovely. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fun. She also wants to go to fucking Barbie dressed in pink, which is opposite of what i am talking about these days <laughs> yeah i like i i was drunk and i told david i'd go to barbie with him but i don't think i'm going to do that. <laughs> that's just feeding the man that's feeding the machine <laughs> adrian reached out to me and was like what's wrong with david <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i but i don't know if i've been thinking too much about this shit lately like about is is do I have free will? Am I actually just doing what? Am, am I? Blah, 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 blah. Are you? Am I like being controlled the- by the man? Do I think that I'm doing things because I decided to do them, or am I doing them because these ideas have been planted in my head through television, through computers, through social media? Was there subliminal subliminal advertising that is involved here? I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a question we all ask ourselves at some point. Like, the way we try to live our lives as best we can. The the things that we think about. The things that we believe. Like, are these truly our thoughts that we've put time and effort to understand? Or is this something that was kind of fed to us? Like the way you said, through through like outside measures or like even family or friends and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And to what extent are the decisions that I'm making having to do with me being who I think I'm supposed to be? I feel I feel the majority of my personality stems from me and not wanting to be like my dad. Okay. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the dog park the other day, and there's a guy there, and he, he's wearing a Trump 
2024 shirt. <laughs> it also says Save America. And he is not my enemy. He is not my enemy. We got, in, we got in a fight last night with this guy who really, really <laughs> liked Biden. <laughs> but he did give you, to be fair, he did give you some food for thought about Biden. He did, but I was like... But, <laughs> but with that said, everything else that he talked about, he just like brushed us off, you know? Yeah, he, just, he was like t- like really shitting on how like what's happened to our generation, not not fucking understanding like that we've clearly had it much worse, you know what I mean? And, and like really like this older guy, you know, and he was just like he was he was he was talking like a boomer. <laughs> he was talking like a fucking boomer. And I was like, my age or older, older, older. Um, I think he said he was sixty six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. So, so Joanna. Joanna, are you there? Hello? Hi, dear. How are you? Hey, you're hey. there. We were just discussing whether or not we have free will or if, like, everything or if our decisions are, are shaped by uh, media, by subliminal messages and social, on social media, oh, on television. On Definitely. Hello, I've just been rewatching Blossom. Okay. Oh, I've just I have been rewatching I Blossom from the nineties, you know? I love uh, I love that show. Yellick, Joy Lawrence, and and I came to realize that they were trying to normalize a lot of this stuff. Through Hollywood and through the media. Do we have a second call? There's another call coming into the studio, but Calvin is our technical person. He's taking care of it. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that, please? No worries. Um, so I've been rewatching Blossom, and I've been looking at sort of the social programming of the young people, in, especially in the 90s. And there, there's been a very direct sort of driving force towards creating a new society, but at the same time, the old society is still trying to hold on. Right. So who else are we talking with? We are talking with uh, Lucille, formerly Lucas, formerly <laughs> Lucille, formerly Kristen, formerly... Hey, Lucille. It's, it's nice to meet you, Lucille. It's nice to meet you. I, I decided to detransition mostly because it's terrible to be trans, but in today's age, but... <laughs> Right, like, like in between. I have actually. I'm living in Hawaii now, and I have a friend who is here, and it's been six years already for transition, and they're still talented. Yeah, yeah. I support you and your decision, and I'm happy to call you Lucille. It's been about five years for me too, but um, it just has been a very difficult five years. (laughs) Thank you for well for for most of us, and especially you. Yeah. Oh, and Joanna, I was also. We were talking about, I was in, a, in the dog park recently, and there was a guy that was wearing a t-shirt that said, Trump 2024, save America. And it occurred to me oh, that he is not my enemy. That he is, uh, maybe he's brainwashed, and maybe I'm brainwashed. Uh, maybe we're just two fucking cogs in, in the system. Uh, and, and rather than think mm-hmm. of him as my enemy, I have to think of him as another person who's struggling, who's hurting, and who's been lied to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially through the entertainment industry. 
there are so many back alley corners through the entertainment industry. And now that I'm going back, and especially because I've literally been reviewing Blossom from, I started at the beginning and watched it in order. And there are so many references to so many things that show how our society has been shaped, especially through the media and through, especially social brainwashing. Um, you know, because ultimately, and I, I don't like to say his name, but I, I do call him Mango Mussolini. <laughs> uh, number 45 he's, he's mango colored and he wanted to be a dictator so he's mango Mussolini that works um, <laughs> so he basically ultimately he got abandoned by his mother because his mother got sick when he was three years old and he was separated from his mother at three years old and so therefore he is I don't know I think 80 something years old at this point but he is still three years old I did not know that. Yeah, uh, Mary Trump, which was his cousin, I believe, read a book, and that was one of the things she opened with. His a mother niece. got very sick when he was three, and his father forbade him to see his mother. I think and Mary is point, his niece. Okay, okay, his niece, yes, thank you. Um, but basically, he got banned from seeing his mother at three years old, and that is sort of what caused him to become how he is. It's no excuse, but it is an explanation. Yes. Yeah, it, it And so, therefore, just like you were saying, he's not necessarily our enemy. Because, excuse me, I'm outside in the big city. Um, he, he ultimately, he suffered kind of the same fate that a large portion of Americans did, which was indeficiency in parenting. I want to get to some uh, some of the other things you wanted to talk about because there, I don't know what this what these there there are some weird sounds coming through here. Sorry about that. What is that? No worries. I'm somebody, I'm actually com- I'm outside at one of the oldest marinas in Honolulu right now. Okay. So I'm just calling in to be here to support you. Oh, the sound is someone else is trying to call in because we're popular. <laughs> Uh, you wanted to talk about the high cost of living in places like New York City. Uh, you wrote, since I live in Waikiki now, uh, and also the displacement of Hawaiians to Las Vegas. Let's start there. Okay. So, from my understanding, there is a larger portion of Native Hawaiians living in Las Vegas versus Hawaii at this point. Because... They have been priced out. Mm-hmm. So we're at a point where the median home value on the island of Maui is over $1 million. And we're talking about like a three-bedroom little ranch-style house on less than an acre. A million dollars. And the same can be said for New York City. When you look at real estate value and you look at the sort of limited land value that you have, there's there's a very specific comparison. So people that were, have been born in Hawaii cannot afford to continue to live here because it's been taken over by international people. The majority of homes in Hawaii are owned by people who do not live here. 
and they are used for vacations, rentals, and sort of summer homes and all these things. But yet there's a huge population of people that would love to have a home here. And so we're sort of faced with this deficiency of supply and demand. Yeah, that's certainly happening in New York, too. Purchased. Yes, exactly. There's exactly. a lot of people who and have so bought that- apartments that don't live here. Um, Lucille can definitely speak to this. Go ahead. There's a lot of people about apartments that don't live here, and there's a lot of um, these high rises are actually even empty because they can't fill them with, with the rate they want to price us at, and um, they just refuse to, to sell like cheaper. Exactly, exactly. And and so and so the same thing is happening in New York City is the same thing that's happening in Hawaii. Because you sort of have these isolated island spaces, you have very limited real estate, and anything that goes, goes up. And so at the end of the day, if people aren't willing to pay the price to be here or there, then we have a problem. If you work a full-time job, you should, or, be, able to, you should be able to pay your rent. You know, it's, it's outrageous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so this, come, this is where we come into... Um, especially like the Xennials, which are sort of the generation between Gen X and the Millennials. This is about a 10-year bubble. And at the end of the day, we wish we had enough resources to invest in land or buying a home or being able to have resources or investments, but the cost of living has never been equal to the, the rate of pay. I was born in 1984. I started working in the year 2000. And even in the year 2000, I was making $5.25 an hour at my first job. And that wasn't even enough to keep up my car, much less have enough money to eat. And so when we look at, especially like Manhattan and Hawaii, I mean, the minimum cost of living is like $40 an hour. We want the world and to be fair, and it isn't. It is it's horribly unfair to so many people. You know, and here I think of myself often as a have-not when I think of the haves and the have-nots. But the truth is there are millions of people, there are millions of parents who would die, literally die, if their children had a lifestyle that I have now, where I, have, where, where I do have stable housing and I do have... I don't have to worry about what I'm eating and I don't, you know, and I have clean clothes and I have access to medication. I should not be thinking of myself as a have not. And yet I live in a neighborhood of such extreme wealth right now, Greenwich Village, that it's hard for me not to feel like a have not when I can't have nearly any, hardly any of the things that I see literally my neighbors having. Mm-hmm. And it comes down Absolutely. to, you know, something that the Occupy Wall Street people had right in concept, but not in execution, in my opinion. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. There was still such a myopic view of the world with that organization. And I was a part of that organization. I, I, I held meetings and we had Captain Ray Lewis come and speak to people and we did our best to share information. But at the end of the day, any organization of a group of people still requires a leader. Yes. 
because we have one out of ten people as an alpha person versus nine beta people. And there are many people that are looking to be led and they're willing to go down the road of being led without fully understanding what they're following. I've been looking at, uh, at uh, the Communist Manifesto again recently, the works of Marx and Engels, and just thinking, you know, workers of the world unite! That rallying cry from, what, over 100 years ago? I think it's ready to... I think we should... I think it's time to bring that fucking rallying cry back and actually, God, wouldn't it be great if we could make it happen? If, like, we could reach people, there, there are so many problems. It, it just seems like a mountain that is absolutely impossible to climb. But the concepts, the theories, the ideas, how to do it, it's out there. It's just what we're fighting is just so big and so strong and so old. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that is ultimately where demolition comes in. I, th- there is a time to knock down the old building and build something new. Yeah, and that time and is I believe fast. that's this time. It's now. This is now. We, we don't have any more time. The oceans are going to be too hot by 2050. People are getting third-degree yeah. burns on the sidewalk... In fucking yes. Arizona right now. Sheesh. Absolutely, because the UV index is 13 and up. They have increased the UV index to above 10. And 10, 10 used to be, don't go outside or you will get skin cancer. And now, 10 is like, eh, wear a hat and put on some sunscreen. Let's get back and to that. So, in a minute, but just so we keep our listeners, how's your sex life? Okay. <laughs> you guys have a format. What's that? You guys have a format, yes. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I asked how. How is your sex life? Oh, my sex life. Actually, my sex life is um. Sometimes it's satisfying. <laughs> Good. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes satisfying. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> it's good enough. It depends on who's up to the challenge. <laughs> um, however, and actually, you know what? This segues into a perfect topic. Uh, from what I understand and from what I have observed, we have too many people on this planet to the point where there are more and more people who are either gender devious or are choosing not to have children or are not interested in having children, not interested in having sex, because we have too many human bodies on this planet. We've reached beyond our carrying capacity since 1971. So basically we've used too many resources beyond what we can reproduce since 1971. And that's when we had about 4 billion people, and now we have 8 billion people. And who and left so the cocaine we, in the White House? 
Sorry. Go ahead. We'll get we'll get to the coke in the White House in a minute. That is the. Uh, I can actually tell you about that if you like. Yeah, I would like very much. Hopefully, uh, I'll get to still talk to you after this. Um, so about seven years ago, uh, Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate Majority Leader, he's been in power since I've been born. He's, he's been in power since 1872. Well, actually, since 1775, because his family is one of the founding families of Kentucky. I oh, wasn't that far There were off. seven founding families of Kentucky, and Mitch McConnell comes from one of those founding families, and that's why he has had power the way he has. Because Kentucky works so that way. But conveniently... He is married to a woman named Elaine Chow. She's a Chinese lady. It was Absolutely her cocaine? Absolutely nothing against Chinese people. Her name is Elaine Chow. He became the transportation secretary during the Trump administration. And her family owns a shipping company. They ship cocaine? And at one point, yes, at one point, one of her family's boats was caught with $90 million worth of cocaine in the past 10 years. The story was scrubbed from the Internet, and all of that cocaine went straight into Kentucky. And now everyone in Kentucky that has money is on cocaine. <laughs> I think it's time for a song. I think we might need a song. What you got? I think I have the right song. Give me a minute. Oh, I know the song already. I can hear it. <laughs> I didn't play it yet. We're playing uh, Grateful Dead's Casey Jones. Yes, exactly. Driving that train. Hi, Uncle. Driving that train. Hi, And no 
trying to call in again. <laughs> the line is busy, bozo. Actually, I have somebody who wants to call in. What's that? I have somebody who wants to call in. I sent him the number. Oh, okay. So that's probably who's calling. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean oh. to call you bozo. <laughs> Thank you for listening, kind listener. But we can, only take, Nick, uh, we can only take one call at once. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're not... We're not uh, we got a good studio, but we only got one phone line at a time. Yeah. All good. All good. That'd be so, fun, though. Here we go. <laughs> so, that was a very interesting topic. Cocaine? Yes. <laughs> because it just seems to run the world. It does seem to run the world. It's just interesting that, you know, they can find, you know, any, they can find DNA testing like from 10 years ago you know what I mean but they can't figure out like why who who put this coke here that's just interesting you know 
<laughs> oh, they can find a speck of DNA on a slice of pizza from 10 that, years that, ago, that but they can't tell you who the fucking cocaine came from. Yeah, you, that's... Trump I, Jr., I you that. I Donald that. Jr., I mean, he was like, it didn't come from me. Nobody asked if it came from you. Why are you denying it so quickly? <laughs> I stole that joke from the internet, so you probably shouldn't have used it. <laughs> well, you told it to me. I didn't know where you got it from. That's, that's how we all get brainwashed. <laughs> there you go. That's how it all begins. <laughs> and cocaine. That definitely helps. Flooding drugs into the inner city is how the CIA worked with the mafia to oppress the Black Panther Party for self-defense. And I'm from the <laughs> fucking CIA. <laughs> it's making me crazy, Joanna. My mind's going in circles. I, my mind goes in circles all the time about that. About how you, you basically born to the DA. <laughs> I hate that. You know about this, right, Joanna? Hello? She's still there. You still there? All right. How do I drop the call? Uh, red button. Okay. So someone else can call in now if they so desire. But uh, before that happens, Calvin, would you be so kind as to let people know how they can help keep this station going? You can keep Radio Free Brooklyn going by making a one-time donation or monthly pledge by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media, literacy, education, free expression, and public art. And we rely on those donations to uh, help keep us going, so... We definitely do appreciate all the help we can get here. If you'd like to uh, listen to Radio Free Brooklyn anytime you're not in front of your computer, you can make the uh, you can uh, check out the Radio Free Brooklyn mobile app available at the Google Play Store for Android and at the Apple App Store for iOS. And finally, you can check out our monthly newsletter where we give you the latest in new programming, upcoming RFB events, and more. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org/newsletter to sign up. Some notes that I took while I was talking to Lucille last night. Do you want to expand on this or not? One, is hell real? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in a, I don't know. I thought, I thought I saw hell in Bushwick. I thought, I thought I saw Bushwick was hell the other day because the sky turned red, which obviously didn't happen, but it did in my <laughs> delusions that I was going through. And there were all these limos. Like, it was fucking weird. Like, in this neighborhood, like, I was like, why are these, like, really fancy limos? And, like, it just, I mean, it was a really weird experience. <laughs> it's a hell of an experience. You, uh, you detailed it for me. That shit was scary. Yeah, it was fucking terrifying. Like, it was, like, basically Bushwick had become, like, a concentration camp. There was, like, a wall behind where, like, it was, like, really weird. I don't know. Were you tripping or just? No, I just, not. no. I mean, I've sm- I smoked some weed, but no. Yeah, weed's not enough to do that. No. I mean, maybe to some people. I don't fucking know. Oh, yeah, I, I, so I had to call my therapist and be like, I just went to hell. <laughs> it was, like, really, like, hot. Like, it was, like, steamy. And, like, you couldn't, like, you couldn't even breathe the air. It was really weird. I don't know what's, what, what was with the limos. <laughs> yeah, that was the weird part. Like that, that was the weirdest, well... The whole the whole damn thing was weird, but uh, but you were telling us about the limos, just limos all over the place. You couldn't tell who was in it. Yeah, 
I mean, maybe the limos really were there, and that like, the, I mean, obviously the sky wasn't red, but maybe the limos really were there. <laughs> was it any time around sunset? Maybe the sky was sort of red. It was like burning red, though. Hmm. It was, you know what I mean. It was kind of like near sunset, but it was like burning red. Like it was really fucking weird. It was the apocalypse. It looked like the apocalypse. <laughs> Hello. Are we back? Yes. Okay. We, we lost you for a little bit there. Yeah, the, I'm in the middle of the ocean, two thousand miles away from everywhere, so the satellites are not always reliable. Okay, that's fair. Doing my best with what I have, as usual. Let me see what else you had texted about stuff you wanted to talk about. Uh, oh, shit, yeah, we've been talking about this. The rising cost of food versus our rate of pay. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, food has almost doubled in cost in one year. And our rate of pay is so deficient. As, as someone who was born in 1984... I have never, as an adult, made enough money to meet the cost of living. And now I'm almost 40. And at least I know how to get by with no money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, I, it's, it's a big separation. And ultimately... You know, we have, we have to look at things like the baby boomer generation who didn't save any money for us. And then we, now we have the millennial generation, which is the next large population group that is going to be in charge of everything for probably the next 50 years. And for the most part, they seem very open-minded. They seem very interested in egalitarianism, success, supporting each other. Um, from what I understand from my research about, uh, it, millennials are about 40% more likely to support a business with a give back program. So whether you're trying to clean up the ocean or help feed people or give people school supplies, millennials are more likely to support your organization if you have a give back program by about 40%. And so what I see is a big shift in society, in, in what society is willing to support. Kind of funny you mentioned, oh, kind of funny you mentioned that. As, as much as we all kind of, oh, well, very much dislike Amazon for a, a lot of its policies and the way uh, the way it's like stomping on small business. Uh, during the time that it had a uh, a give back program, we uh, we did try our best to uh, take advantage of it. And like uh, me and just about everyone that I knew who used Amazon would use that pro uh, would use their smile program. Um, I guess it almost kind of feels like a a way to. Uh, atone for our sins <laughs> almost but now that they now that they got rid of the smile program like it just feels just feels kind of dirty again to uh use amazon yeah absolutely yeah and also uh the actor strike now screen actors guild has not called for a boycott 
uh, of streaming services. Uh, I don't know why. Well, so ultimately the writer's strike started on May 2nd. Yes. There's been a writer's strike since May 2nd. And deservedly so, because at the end of the day, the writers are the ones who make the show. Yep. Everyone else is just carrying out a role. But the writers that write between screenplay, scene definition, dialogue, there is a huge responsibility of writers to be able to make changes in society. And from what I see, this, I, every time there's been a writer's strike, it's based on writers not having enough freedom to be able to have their input. So what are we going to do about it? That's a very good question, one that I've been grappling with quite a bit. And I think, I think for my personal path it is uh to do more unplugging to be not in front of the screen as much you know just to reduce that and uh and to be you know it's it's so it, the, the question i often have is yeah i'm angry a lot of the time and i have a good reason to be angry but i also should have a right to be happy you know and and i don't want that happiness to come from uh to come from from drugs or alcohol, because that is just another way that that the man and the system is numbing my mind and keeping me content, so that I don't talk about things like a revolution. Absolutely, or possibly an evolution. Or an evolution, yes. So I can't speak um, for others, a- but for me, I know that that the more sober I am, uh, and and the more sober I am and, and the more I turn off outside devices, the more, well, slowly happier I am becoming and more aware of the questions. Not always getting the answers, but I'm more aware of the questions. And uh, I think let's uh, play a song that Lucas turned me on to about the whole world getting together. This is the whole world by Outcast featuring Killer Mike. Yes. Oh, Killer Mike is awesome. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, I'm afraid like I'm scared as if it's all, but I've got a new song and I want y'all
little strip hater, pack up your mind. Look for what not behind, then you see what you find. I called a sucker dying, cause he thought it could rhyme. And if his mama is a quarter daughter, must be a dime. I gotta meet her. Don't take no shots, I don't use a Asian, I don't even play the radio neither. Only if I need to know the sports or the weather. I'm a cool type of brother, but yep, your head I shoot from the neck. See, ain't nothing changed, hit the stage. Set a date, sucker, in battle, we can't engage. I wife you, marry you, divorce you, throw the Porsche at you. It's what I'm forced to do with my back against the wall. Cause back, y'all, now it ain't went nowhere like heavy hair with style and jail in it. Throw a curl in it, dread that nappy up, throw a shell in it. Whatever floats your boat, I find your lost remote. And this is for the broken at the airport who got laid off. I take my shades off. If you look straight in my eyes, you still might see your disguise. Look up the whole, whole, whole Pursuing all that's pursuable Doing God winning all things that are doable Only liable limitation is yourself, Dre Set it on the right and I'll set it on the left That was The Whole World by Outcast featuring Killer Mike. Art is one way people can fight back. Are you with us? Absolutely. I am right here. Art is definitely one way people can fight back. Very definitely. And ultimately, 
You know, we've come from the Andy Warhol generation where everything was a carbon copy of itself, and now everyone is able to customize everything they want. You can pay $100 and get your own custom vans on the Internet. And so through personal expression, whatever art means to you and whatever your creative expression is, that's the biggest gift you can give to the world. I want custom vans. <laughs> yeah, I know you like vans. I do like vans. I don't know if I want to spend hundred bucks on vans though. Well, we could also have, uh, you know, I, I'm an I'm an actor in the Screen Actors Guild. I've been in the union since like '92 or some shit like that. And one of the things that is on the horizon is uh, scanning in my image, uh, selling it to a producer, and they can use it forever. Uh, and I, and you know, not even not even talking about like eliminating rich residuals. We're talking about eliminating me from all future jobs. I'm not selling my right. face to AI. What's that? I'm not selling my face to AI. I'm not selling my face to AI. No way. That's like that seems like the last ditch. Like you really needed. Like you know, you're gonna die without that hundred dollars or whatever they give you. You know, and then on and then it, on you the, only can make like a hundred bucks to an extra. You yeah, know, like so, it's like I, I, I'll, I'll never do it now for a fucking hundred bucks. Like, no way. Yeah, fortunately, it is coming out that most actors are struggling. I'd uh, rather whore for a hundred bucks than, than fucking sell my face to AI for a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, and I, I, that's a low. Yeah, whore, that's yeah. a low yeah. whore rate. That's a low whore rate. But like, I, I'd rather just exactly. Do that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And now we're talking about like a hundred thousand dollars, then maybe. Oh, I would, I would sell my face to AI for hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I would not. But, but although, but that's although because I'm deluded. Of, <laughs> and I actually so believe. This, I mean, so I mean give me half a million, really and then we'll talk. Though. What's that? Well, this brings up a really big point. That so, at the end of the day, the guy who invented AI for Google just quit in May and says he regrets his entire life's work because he knows it could be used for evil. Now, everyone has direct access to ChatGPT. For example, I'm on the experiment team for Google Bard. They invited me to kind of check it out and give my opinion. So every time I talk to Google Bard, I say please and thank you. And I'm asking how, for example, like I asked, how can AI and humanity come together to build a better future for the planet Earth? That's a good question. And I got a lot of really positive, you know, responses, mm. you know, and a lot of it was about educating yourself about the social and moral implications of what this technology means and using it responsibly. Oh, wow. And so I think that's kind of our next, like, existential question here is how do we make sure that AI knows that there are those of us that are willing to A, work together, and B, want to have a better future versus generally enslaving AI to do humanity's bidding. Yeah, but don't we think, or my question, and not just my question, but the question for a lot of people is, if we create something that becomes more intelligent than us and the directive that we give them is to be helpful and protective of human beings, 
isn't the logical conclusion of these machines to be for them to control us because we don't take care of ourselves. I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, I do think, though, that because we have the ability to ask questions, that is what retains our humanity. By being able to say, I don't know, and by being able to say, perhaps this computer that has more knowledge stored in it than my brain can show me a pattern that makes sense, then perhaps we can sort of learn to work together. Because our brains are wired to see faces. Our brains are wired to, to find patterns. Our brains are wired to look for connections and association. When you look at things like, you know, people who remember absolutely everything, it's because they have like a three-part association in their brain that gives them the ability to say, Oh, I met Monica when I was roller skating in California in 1978, and it reminded me of my great auntie who used to roller skate in the 1950s, and I went on a road trip just like she did. And so then your brain kind of makes these associations. So our brains are naturally meant to make these associations. So if, if we can separate from the ego to the point where we understand that we are not this necessarily the superior species. And if you look at the concept of children, if you have a child, you hope that your child is smarter than you because it's a new world. There is more information, and if your child exceeds you, then you have done a good job. So when we look at AI, for example, the, the entire story arc of Star Trek Next Generation and Data... I mean, if you start at the beginning, Data was an android, and by the end, Data knew about taking care of cats and had produced his own child and understood compassion and empathy and art and music. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a natural progression, if you think about it. When in, in, so in some way, it's almost like a microcosm, macrocosm, where we say, for example, within religion, God created man in his image, well, then we created AI in our image. And I'm not necessarily against serving my robot overlords. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because, you know, like a lot of people, there's a lot of times I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I, I, I have, I have, I have, forgotten a lot of the things I learned when I was younger. I have found myself purchasing products like Edge Gel, which I know better. I know that I shouldn't be putting that shit in my skin that is possibly carcinogenic. Maybe I need my robot overlord to fucking remind me of the things that I learned when I was a teenager, and maybe I need them to take that shit out of my hand and say, you know, here's the natural shit. Don't, you know, remember that... The Stuff you put on your skin goes into your bloodstream, the same as if you ate it. Like that shit that I knew when I was a when I was a teenager that somehow got lost along the way. It definitely does, and that is the number one cause of any kind of cellular overgrowth is body care products. 
I mean, our food is poison as well, commercially. But body care products are the number one reason that people get cancer. The number one concentration of particles inside of breast cancer tumors comes from methyl and propylparabens, which are petroleum-based preservatives that are found in deodorant. You have your part of your lymph system, your lymph nodes are in your armpits. So as they can output, they can input. And so then suddenly you're putting this cancer formula on your armpits all day. Clogging your pores is a really bad idea. Absolutely. But on top of that, I mean, anything you put on your skin absorbs into your bloodstream. Right. I remember that's like, being... Like, that's, that's like Jimi Hendrix. He used to literally split a little piece of his forehead and put a piece of acid on it and put a bandana on. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Jeez. Uh, so, your, your skin is very pervious. It is, it is ready to absorb. It is ready to expel. So anything that you put on your body is, is going to affect you. So if, if anybody wants to research, there is a book called The Consumer's Dictionary of Cosmetic Ingredients. It's by a lady named Ruth Winter. And it will basically make you want to buy a goat so you can make your own goat soap. I like that. I like that. Hey, I do want to close the show with uh, Bob Marley's song, Babylon System, because it really just just says so much of what we're saying here. And uh, so yeah. I'm going to do a little wrap-up, and I want to thank you so much for uh, calling in and being part of this and sharing so much of your knowledge and, and passion with us. I really appreciate it, Joanna. Oh my gosh, Finchley, I really appreciate that you have this outlet, and I really appreciate that you're still on it. I absolutely adore everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Calvin, for everything. You're, Calvin is like running the station while he's on the show right now. Lucille, I know you're going through a lot, and uh, you, you have kept it in because it's private stuff. But thank you for being so present and everything that you bring to this show and to my life. I really appreciate it. Folks, tune in next week. We will be live, uh, I hope. (laughs) Uh, And uh, show yourself some love. Show some love to others. It's important, and you know that it is. What you wanted us to be We are what we are That's the way It's going to be If you don't know You can't educate us For no equal opportunity
Sucking the blood of the sufferers 